Welcome back to the QEH podcast, the place to find out more about the school and to connect with staff, pupils and parents at a deeper level. Each week we'll be interviewing people within the QEH community, asking them questions and spending time understanding more about them and more about the school. In this episode, we're stepping back into the head's office for a conversation with Rupert Heathcote. We talk about recent events in school, sporting successes, School of Rock and Christmas at QEH. But we also find out about the partnerships QEH has with other schools in Bristol and we get an update on the provision of bursaries too. There's all that and there's lots more as well. So come with me as we speak to the head of QEH, it's Rupert Heathcote. Rupert, thank you for joining us on this episode of the podcast. How are you doing today? Hi, good morning, Simon. Yeah, very well, thank you. All very good at school on a Monday morning. It's great that you're joining us on a Monday morning. How was your weekend? What did you get up to? In fact, what does a head get up to on a typical weekend? So I spent most of most of Saturday up at Phelan at our sports ground because we had morning fixtures and afternoon fixtures. So I spent most of it up there, which I really enjoy doing. And that was great. It's a good good way to catch up with parents actually as well, sort of informally on the touchline. So as well as w- watching all the sport. And uh, yeah, eventually managed some time off on Saturday evening, which actually I spent most of time watching rugby on the telly on Saturday evening. So it was a full on sporting Saturday and then a bit of bit of time with the family on Sunday. So Monday morning comes around very, very quickly. Mm, mm. A fairly typical weekend in many ways. Did you have good weather for the for the rugby? Very good. Saturday morning was beautiful. Yeah, we're finally getting a bit of sort of proper winter winter weather, but it's those bright, cold days, which which I think we really like rather than the sort of grey drizzle we seem to have this morning. Well, Rupert, I'm super excited to have you back for this episode of the podcast. The last time you were here was episode one of the school podcast, which is way back last year, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell me a couple of things that have been going on just generally in school life from well, back from then up until now. I mean, if you were someone who, who had only listened to these two podcasts, mm. episode number one and episode uh, whatever this is going to be, uh, then what, what sort of things would people notice as have, have changed really in the last 18 months? Well, I suppose the main thing is, of course, is that 18 months ago, we were still battling slightly with COVID, which seems bizarre to think about now. We, it was interesting in, in October, we had our prize giving, which we normally have in October, just before half term. And uh, we were all remembering that that time a year ago, actually, we had to cancel prize giving because of COVID numbers were so high. Um, we were still sending pupils home um, who were testing positive. Um, and actually, in October 2021, we actually started half term early because we'd sent so many pupils home. It wasn't worth actually having the school open. So I think in the current world we're in now, it seems utterly bizarre that we were doing that only a year ago. So obviously this year things are very very different from that perspective and it's been just fantastic since september to have a proper a proper full school year without all that hanging hanging over us so mm-hmm. um everything's been up and running the just trying to get everyone back used to being full time in the classroom and the sport and the music and the drama have all kicked off as well this 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 term very 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 effectively you mentioned sport there tell me a bit about the girls sport success because you know we're recording this on the 21st of november mm. um and i understand there's been some good success there recently yeah well absolutely no look we're, we're, we're really lucky we we are attracting um some fantastic sports women to the school at the moment who join us obviously just in the sixth form mm-hmm. and uh last year's girls hockey team made it to the national finals Um, which was an incredible achievement, especially when you consider really, firstly, the number of girls we have in our sixth form. There's probably only about uh, 80 girls in our sixth form across year 12 and year 13. And also the fact that, of course, they only come together in that September of year 12. So 
They're already playing in these county, regional and national tournaments after only a few weeks training together. So as I say, last year, our hockey team got to the national finals, uh, which was an incredible achievement. This year, they followed it up um, very well. They've, they were county champions uh, in hockey. Uh, they've also recently become county champions in netball. And actually, even last week, they became uh, they were runners up in the county indoor tournament. So they're going through to the regional finals in that as well. So um, it really is quite quite phenomenal for a, you know a num number of girls we have and the time we have with them that um, we've actually managed to be county champions in hockey, both outdoors and indoors, and also in netball this year, which is quite impressive, I think. Mm -hmm. And what other recent events have been going on in school life then? Yeah, so like I said, it was really good sort of a year on post-COVID, all the co-curriculars up and running. So, for instance, again, last year, we didn't have to the autumn concerts, which is this year, mm -hmm. uh, which is this time of year. That didn't happen last year because of COVID. We weren't able to bring everyone together. So it was great to have the autumn concerts, which happened at St. Paul's Church, just up in Clifton. A really nice evening. Hundreds of pupils involved. It's, as ever, that, that mass participation is so important for us. Um, and a huge range of different types of music. Um, composers went right from sort of Bach to John Lennon um, and everything in between. So it was fantastic to have so many pupils involved in that uh, in quite small ensembles. And especially it was good to have some of our newer pupils. So our year seven, lots mm. of our year seven boys were involved in that and girls, of course, who'd only joined us in year 12. So that was a really nice concert. Mm -hmm. uh, we've mentioned the sport. We've got our big uh, musical production uh, actually just coming up this week. So I think by the time this goes out uh, online, we'll have had the, the production, but we're, we're doing School of Rock this year. We really enjoy doing musicals every few years. And the School of Rock, I'm sure many people will know, it's a fantastic film and mm. uh, it's a really good stage musical production as well. And again, many, many pupils involved in that, um, both on the stage and backstage. Speaking to the director of music, she's had more pupils than ever wanting, wanting to be involved backstage as well. So with the technical side of putting on these these productions, which of course is really significant. So, mm. and again, really important for us is that anyone who wants to be involved in these productions is able to be involved. And that's, that's a really important thing. And so um, there's um, numerous pupils involved and I'm sure it's gonna be a fantastic performance uh, late, later on this week. Rupert, I'd love to understand something more about the QEH partnerships that are going on at the moment with with other schools in the Bristol area. Tell us something about those. Mm. Yeah, partnerships. Well, look, um, partnerships are hugely important to me and I think becoming more and more important for many, many independent schools. I suppose by partnerships, what are we talking about? We're talking about working with other schools, um, obviously other independent schools, but also other state-maintained schools as well. Um, across the whole sector, which is really important, and also working in partnerships with other organisations outside education. Mm. Because I think it's really important that schools don't become insular and sort of inward-looking. They have to be outward-looking, which I think is really important. And I think it's also really important from an educational perspective that, that schools in whichever sector you're in are working together because um, we're all trying to pull in the same direction. We all want to provide the best possible education for the young people who are with us. So... Partnerships are really important, and I think everyone benefits from a really successful partnership. The, mm -hmm. the word partnership is quite significant. I think in the past, schools working together, particularly independent schools working maybe with our uh, state sector colleagues, was often called outreach. And uh, understandably, more recently, that I think has seemed to be slightly patronising. 
mm-hmm. um, the idea of the sort of the big posh private school on the hill helping out the struggling state school. And I think that's a that's a sort of um, an image we want to move as far away from as possible because it's certainly not the case at all. Equally, though, I'm just thinking that some of the people listening to this right now might be thinking to themselves that an independent school would want to do that sort of, I'm not going to use the word outreach, but partnership uh, with with other state schools, just so that they tend to look less elitist in the local media. And it's mm. kind of for those reasons, as opposed to any legitimate reasons. What would, what would you say to someone in that situation? Yeah, well, I have to say in, in the past, that was that was probably right. I mean, we are we are a charity as a school, QEH is a charity, and uh, we have to justify our charitable status every year. And part of that justifying your travel status is, you know, um, that the impact of the school reaches out to as many people as possible. And I have to say in the past, um, maybe the the cynics would suggest that independent schools are only doing this in order to justify their charitable status. But mm. um, I'm particularly from my my time I spent at Key Edwards in Birmingham, which certainly was one of the schools which really pioneered the different approach to this. Um, you know, I'm absolutely convinced that our partnership work benefits everybody involved in it um, and it's absolutely vital for us to do as an independent school both because it's the right thing to do because sometimes we are it, it is easier for us to access resources that some other schools cannot but also I think it's really important that our staff and pupils um, are getting out there and experiencing other schools and actually they learn and benefit so much from doing it so it is really really important mm-hmm. now i remember back in episode one we talked a little bit about bursaries and mm-hmm. you you were you were really quite passionate about making sure that some of the people that should be at qeh could actually come to qeh mm-hmm. tell us a bit more about the bursaries in particular for those people who may not have heard episode number one and they know nothing at all about bursaries absolutely i, I suppose I, I could also talk a little, little bit more about what what the partnerships are are actually and what it is they're actually doing so and that and it kind of feeds into the, the discussion around bursaries as well so i mean in terms of what what partnerships we actually have we work very very closely with two uh, primary schools in south bristol uh, primary schools which are set in um, much more deprived areas of south bristol where the socioeconomic uh, mix is very challenging i think and we work very closely with two primary schools there both which do have uh, connections to the school one of them uh, one of them, the head of the primary school, actually is an old boy. So that was obviously a fantastic link for us to make. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the other primary school we, we're working with, especially uh, the head there was a parent at QEH. So we've we've got some strong links into those schools, which is mm. really important. Mm. And the partnership work involves uh, both staff and pupils from QEH going to visit these primary schools regularly, weekly. Um, staff members take a number of pupils there. Um, different programs in each school. One of them we really focus on uh, supporting them with stretch and challenge maths in particular mm-hmm. with some of their more talented uh, individuals, really giving them the opportunity to to stretch themselves from a, in a, in a, from a maths perspective. Um, and in the other one, it's more focused around languages and reading and really just supporting these schools um, with this but, and both the, the staff and the pupils supporting them. So it's fantastic for our year 12 pupils and year 13 pupils who go go along and support with um, assisted reading. And they're also now uh, just playing games and interacting with the children there and they benefit enormously from that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's that side of it. Um, we're also, uh, we're in the early stages of a partnership with uh, another school, which is an alternative provision school. So this is for pupils who... Uh, really struggle in mainstream education uh, for whatever reason haven't 
haven't managed to stay in mainstream schools and uh, we also have a link through there through one of our governors and we're determined actually to make some strong connections with them as well and it and for them mm. uh, they're very they're very keen to start a duke of edinburgh's awards scheme um, and they just don't have the expertise or the resources to be able to really do that and so mm. that's a very specific area that we're going to be able to support them with so um, mm. lots and lots going on there on a sort of individual basis on a broader mm -hmm. basis we are uh, a member of BEP which is the Bristol Education Partnership this is a group a, a partnership of uh, 16 partners and that's state and independent schools and the University of Bristol and UE and Bristol City Council and we okay. all work together as a much larger partnership um, mm -hmm. putting, you know, huge amounts of events on for pupils and for staff um, and, you know, really getting that cross partnership work, working really closely together with all these different types of schools, which, again, is really beneficial for everyone involved. Mm. Rupert, it's really good to hear about these partnerships and the bursary provision. And it's great to understand the kind of, if I can say, the corporate message as to why the school is doing it. But tell me something about yourself. Why is this a meaningful thing for you? Well, I mentioned my when I was at Key Edwards in Birmingham and Key Edwards really, you know, and that, that was a really sort of formative part of my career, if you like. And as I'd come from, I think my previous schools had been, you know, very traditional rural boarding schools, which by their nature, I think are quite, uh, are very exclusive and um, attract certain types of people to send their children there. And I think going from that world to essentially an inner city day school really opened my eyes as a teacher as to the challenges faced in education across the country. And I think the work that Key Edwards was already doing was you know, really important to me. And, and as, as I say, really quite formative in how I, how I thought about these things. And I, when I was at King Edwards, I was involved in uh, going out on some of these partnership uh, visits to other schools and you know, really seeing the impact that, that can, can be had. And, mm. you know, and an outcome of a lot of this partnership work is that as well as doing the, the work you're doing itself, so running debating workshops or supporting with reading or extra maths or languages or whatever it is, I think actually getting these young children, these primary school children and their parents and the schools, the staff at the schools you're visiting to actually think about the possibility for some of these children and to apply to independent schools, uh, mm. normally on some kind of bursary provision and the opportunity mm -hmm. that could be there for them and the opportunities that are there and to encourage them to do that. And because mm. I think for many, many families, not just in Bristol, but across, across the country, they, you know, the they would never even consider applying to an independent school. They just think it's mm. not for them. There's no way they could afford the fees. And I think, unfortunately, many, many people are just not, not aware of the opportunities that are, that are available there in terms of not just financial assistance, but actually assistance with the whole process. Because you know, we're very aware that it can be very intimidating and, and challenging for many families accessing a school like QEH. Now, another one of these words that we often hear associated with school is the word development. Mm. Just tell us what development is and what's happening at QEH regarding this. Yeah, so development in a school's uh, perspective, particularly independent school's perspective, essentially means uh, fundraising in many ways. So our relationship with our alumni is really strong. Uh, we're fortunate that many, many pupils over the years have really enjoyed their time at school and they really feel they've benefited from their time at school. And many of them actually historically benefited having been here on some kind of assisted place or financial support, be that 
made possible by a, a donor or a group of donors mm-hmm. or made possible by the government's um, assisted place scheme, which ran kind of during the 80s and the 90s until it, until it was stopped, where, whereby families who wouldn't otherwise be able to afford to send their children to independent school could apply um, for a government-funded place. And, mm. and schools like QEH, you know, back in the early 90s would have had, you know, a, a large percentage of the pupils here would have been on that kind of financial arrangement. Right. And so we have many of our alumni who benefited from that and are now very open to the idea of potentially supporting other young people in the future to benefit in the same way that they did. Mm. So I suppose development, we, we, we have a development office. We've just, we've recently appointed a director of development who comes from a fundraising background. And her role is to, well, firstly, make, continue to build a really good relationships with our alumni, because that's really important, our mm-hmm. old boys and girls, mm-hmm. but then also to get them into a position where maybe they're thinking about or can be persuaded to contribute in some way back to their old school um, and in the form of supporting or, you know, a group of them supporting uh, bursaries or um, financial assistance for families. So mm. that's mm. her sort of role there. And it's also really important. It isn't all about financial assistance because, of course, many, particularly our younger alumni, they're just not not in a position to be able to support in that way. But mm. they can certainly support with their time. And we really encourage even very recent old boys and girls to come back and support current students uh, with interview practice or uh, careers, work, workplace opportunities, talking about life at university and all these different things that even quite recent alumni can very much contribute back to their old school in that way. So it's very much a balance between building relationships with our alumni, maintaining those relationships, mm-hmm. making sure they continue to be connected to the school, um, and then uh, and then when when if and when the moment is right to talk to them about possibly making what could be a very very small financial contribution, but uh, even the the smallest financial contributions end up making a really really big difference. So mm. it's a really mm. important part of what we're trying to do because it builds very much into our position of trying to make the school much more accessible um, and provide more financial assistance to more families across Bristol. So in order to do that, of course, we need the funds. We have we have quite a bit of funds but obviously we would like to have uh, a little bit more if possible and, and it's really good to hear that you mentioned that some of the people can come back into school and to share their own expertise because it's not like you need to have the most wildly exciting or what the media might um, portray to be the most wildly exciting career for that to be of use to a lot of the current pupils and students at the school well ab- absolutely and what we call futures education which i think traditionally was obviously always called just careers which was mm-hmm. always very kind of unsexy and unglamorous we we now call it futures education we have a head of futures who is fantastic but yeah so we, we we're, we're we're always talking to the pupils or we're, we're trying to talk to pupils a lot more about careers and about um particularly around the skills they think they need to develop in order to access certain careers and the important skills they will need going forward in the future if they want to access certain careers. Mm. And I think so often you get young people who have a very, very narrow view of what their possible career could be. You know, they've only ever heard of a handful of different types of job Mm. or different types of sector. And I think it's really interesting to get people back from so many different sectors and there's so many opportunities out there and so many new roles that people could be uh, aspiring towards the, mm. the more the more varied people we have coming back talking about the things they do uh, the better i think 
we did actually have an episode on the podcast with the head of futures. That was back in May, I think. Yes, From memory, I think it was episode number 22. Um, but it's a good one to, uh, if anyone's listening to this, to go back and listen to that one. Yeah, Mr. Mister Poltzer is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yes, that's right. Exactly that. Uh, now, Rupert, last question. Uh, as we uh, come towards Christmas, how does Christmas look in the Heathcote family? Got in the Heathcote family. Well, um, we do break up quite early. I'm sure parents will be um, rolling their eyes at that. We do break up on the 9th of December, which is quite early. Uh, we do only have a, a week for half term. So we're just, we're just trying to bat, whereas some schools have two weeks for half term and then go on later into the Christmas holidays. And it's kind of six of one, half dozen the other. So we, we, we balance it like that. We do, we do break up quite early. Uh, Christmas will be with family. Um, we're not quite sure exactly what that looks like at the moment due to various things going on in the family. But um, no, Christmas is definitely at home. Uh, my wife particularly is a massive Christmas fan. Um, I enjoy it when we get to it, but I'm not a massive fan of the huge build-up, but there you are. Uh, but no, it's all good, all good to have a break at this time of year. Mm -hmm. And then coming back in January, when does school return uh, in January? Yeah, so we're back, we're back early. We're back on the 3rd, I think, of January, um, mm -hmm. which I think is quite good. I think after Christmas, after Christmas and New Year and all the excitements and celebrating that goes on with all that, I always think that people are actually quite glad to get back to school and get back to reality quite quite quickly so yeah mm. we're, we're back quite sharpish after after new year we've i suppose we've we've front front loaded our school holidays so we're we break up early but come back very very quickly after new year and, and get on because get of course the, yeah and i think all actually you know all the serious stuff is it really kicks off very very quickly there because we have gcse mocks we have a level mocks and mm. then and then after that you really are in the running until the final until the um until the main event in the summer. So, you know, things things crank into gear very, very quickly in, in January. Well, busy time coming up. And Rupert, I'm sure you've got a busy Monday afternoon coming up as well. So I'd better leave you to get back to your, your everyday duties. Uh, but thank you very much for your time. It's been really good talking to you. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. No, thanks, Simon. Good to chat again. So that was the head of QEH, Rupert Heathcote, coming to us today from his office in the heart of the school. As always, a big thank you to you, Rupert, for taking the time out to speak to us today. Always good to hear from you. Now, our next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.